This podcast contains sensitive content which some may find disturbing. Information shared here should not be construed as medical advice. If you or someone you love needs help with trauma, chronic pain, or anything else we discuss here, please seek out a medical professional. All resources shared are for entertainment purposes only. All content represents the opinions of Kim and Anna and any special guests and do not necessarily reflect the positions of any organizations they work for. This is not ideal, but we're going with it. A mother-daughter podcast about chronic pain, trauma, mental illness, and more. Kim is a trauma therapist and certified addiction counselor who lives in Pennsylvania, USA. And her daughter, Anna, is a scoliosis sufferer and trauma survivor living in the tropical north of Australia. Join us each week as they discuss topics from their life experiences. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. This is Not Ideal, but we're going with it. The podcast. I'm Kim and I'm the mom. And I'm Anna. I'm the daughter. And why don't you tell us what we're going to be talking about this morning, Kim? Because every time I've tried to start a conversation, the last seven takes, it's been swiftly, those those episodes have swiftly met their end at about a timestamp of about 45 seconds. Well, well so. oddly enough, that's because uh, when we start the episode with a bunch of complaining, I just don't know if our listeners are going to be uh, gung-ho about that. Oh, my word, <laughs> says the queen of complaining, her herself. Well, I thought it would be helpful to explain to the listeners why you sound so sick. Why don't you start there? Well, I, so I came home from the United States about 10 days ago, uh, 11 days. I don't even know. Anyway, it's less than two weeks ago. And about five days after arriving, I came down with all the symptoms of coronavirus, which are, you know, high fever, uh, shakes, chills, uh, sore throat, cough, uh, racing heart, headache, etc. And so I went to the hospital and, uh, well, I actually went to a screening clinic because that's where I had to go first. And they sent me to the emergency department because I was not the, I was not the level of sickness that everybody else at the screening clinic was. Everybody else at the screening clinic, which was outdoors, by the way, and it was wet and cold. Uh, everybody else was like talking on their phones and doing like <laughs> FaceTime and talking about how they're missing work today and blah, blah. And I went up to the woman and I was like, listen, I think I'm seriously going to pass out. Can you please <laughs> do something for baby? I hate to cut to the front of the line, but exactly. so they sent me to the emergency department and the emergency department immediately put me into a quarantine room. And they said, listen, you've definitely got it, but we're going to do a test just to make sure. But you fit every single criteria, even the ones that are less common. Uh, you have them all. Anyways, the test came back after a couple of days and it was negative. So I don't Yay! have coronavirus. I just have, I guess, a normal kind of pneumonia. <laughs> Yeah, or, you know, whatever. I don't even I'm, I'm not sure what it is, because they didn't diagnose me with what it was. They only diagnosed me with what it was not. So right. I've been recovering at home, but I'm still pretty sick. It's still obviously we're still concerned because your your lungs have never done well with this. So true. We are keeping an eye on it. But you have been feeling a little more energetic today or a couple last couple days than you were before. Oh, uh, yeah, I'd say so. I guess I did have a lot of muffins. I, uh, I normally <laughs> did you just eat... say 
Did you just say I had a lot of muffins? Is yes. that is that how we measure wellness? <clears throat> I'm I'm up to the yes. I'm at the four muffin I, mark. I normally eat very healthily, mainly fruits and vegetables. And then yesterday I'd gone through a period of when I was the most sick of barely eating anything for a few days. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday I made apple or uh, cinnamon crumble muffins and they were Ooh. so delicious that I had like five. <laughs> and so Good I'm still riding you. the energy burst from that. Now, are you still making your muffins with like all those natural ingredients so they end up tasting like fruit? Okay, hold on, everybody. There was this one time that I made a carrot cake for my mother, and I used applesauce instead of oil. And I gave it to her, and she said, this is the best carrot cake I have ever had in my entire life. And then I said, oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. It's actually quite healthy. I used applesauce instead of oil. I hate it. substituted a cover. And substituted a couple other ingredients to be all natural and refined sugar-free and she was like it's disgusting get it away from me (laughs) but she only didn't like it once she found out that it was good for her so that's an ongoing trend I thought you said instead of like oil you use like something else besides oil or besides is it besides sugar you do something now that you substitute and everything is really healthy that you bake then instead of eggs I use chia seeds or oh that's it that's it Instead of eggs, you use those little, um, they're like fish eggs They when they when they absorb water. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. All right. Anyway, moving on. People no, are no. I have road. a question for you. Oh, okay. Being that it. you have now experienced on the front lines, how did you experience the whole process? I mean, besides having to, you know, bust your way to the front of the line. And, <laughs> <laughs> and besides not having it. Well, I did get to see the paranoia of people firsthand because at that screening clinic, there was a woman directing people like because there were two lines. The first line, the first line of defense of this clinic was this woman in sweatpants with a mask who you Mm -hmm. had to go up to her and tell her what your symptoms are. And she told you whether you even qualify for the actual line, which was line Mm -hmm. number two. And if you didn't, she sent you away. How many people? Well, in the actual line, there must have been 25, 30 people. Wow. Uh, But the amount of people who got turned away, I mean, there were just as many, if not more. So it was a lot of people coming up and being like, I think I have it. And the woman would say, well, what are your symptoms? And they'd say, I don't have any symptoms yet. And she would say, well, were you exposed? Or do you know somebody who has it? Or have you traveled Mm -hmm. internationally? And they'd say, no. And she'd say, okay, well, then why do you think you have it? And they'd say, I just think I have it. And then she'd say, okay, then you have to go away because you don't qualify for us to be wasting our time on you yet. If you become symptomatic, come back. I bet she didn't word it that way. Uh, Actually, she was pretty firm. I heard a couple people try to fight to get, she's like, well, they're like, I want to be tested anyway. I made my way all the way out here. And she's like, "Uh no. Security, security. But all the other people who got into the line, I'm like, why have you even let these people into the line? Because the few people in front of me were like, I'm here because I work at, you know, at a doctor's office. And they're like, okay, right. I'll come in it. Because if you're a health worker, you're automatically sure. entitled to be tested. Oh, wow. But like no symptoms, no, nobody who had it had been in their office, you know. So it just like for just standard testing purposes is why they were there. There was one person who was like, I have a cough and that's it. And they're like, okay, yeah, you qualify. One person mm-hmm. said, I had, I have, I had a fever a few days ago. They're like, oh yeah, come on in. And I walk up and I'm like, 
<laughs> Help. You were you were doing pretty poorly by the time you stumbled your way to the I know. screening. Fight. I got to the front of the line. She was like, so why are you here? I said, well, I was on a plane internationally for 16 hours with somebody who had it. And immediately she moved her hand as in like, she gestured to the line as in, uh, here you are. <laughs> and elevate. And you may elevate. Escalate. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, well, that's not it, actually. I also have a cough, fever, sore throat, headache. I, it's been exactly five days, which is the average period of onset, you know. So just help, please. But then yeah. they were going to have me stand, which, like, granted, this is an <sighs> epidemic. I'm not going to, a pandemic, whatever. I'm not going to judge if people don't have the best resources set up. But, like, if people are, if this is a screening clinic for something that kills people, especially via pneumonia, Maybe don't have them stand outside in wet, cold grass for however long with no sun. How, how cold? How cold was it? Well, I don't want to say. People are going to laugh at me. <laughs> I was going to say. Probably like in the 60s. <laughs> okay. Well, that's pretty cold for your people out there. Yeah, true. I mean, true. So then you were driven to the hospital. It was overcast. It was a depressing situation. And that's what mm-hmm. I argued mo- more than anything else. That's what I detest. It's sure. putting people who are ill in a more depressing situation than they were just a couple hours ago in their home. And also I, I, I stood in the screening clinic for like half an hour and only one person was seen. Now, granted, these people are like the health workers are dealing with a very, their skeleton bones crew. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They are definitely just scraping by and they are doing an incredible job. And I am so thrilled. Let's pause there because we want to definitely acknowledge our healthcare workers in all of the countries working so hard to help and to figure out what's happening. And I know that at least in our country, I don't know if you're having this in your country as much, Anna, but in our country, they are just completely maxed out, not having the protective gear as as much as they'd like, or at least that's what I'm seeing here and there. So do you have that same thing going on there? Yeah, all the same stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. <clears throat> and they are for sure heroes amongst men and women, for sure. Yes, yes. That said, whoever the big shot was who decided to have the pneumonia clinic outside <laughs> in yeah. an overcast area in wet grass with no heating and also people who might be very sick, like with nowhere to sit down, nowhere to mm. lean against, you know what I mean? That part is the part that I was skeptical about, not the healthcare workers or how hard they were working. They are incredible. It was whoever the person sitting in an office was who decided that this was how things should go. That's the person I'm skeptical about. But then again, all the other people weren't actually, they didn't seem very sick. And so mm-hmm. maybe it was actually a fine call. It just, for me in the moment, it felt ridiculous because I actually did start to kind of pass out. Mm-hmm. And, the, and even one of the nurses came out and she said, I'm so sorry, everybody, about how long it's taking. We're really trying our best. And everybody clapped. And those mm-hmm. who were sitting stood up and we all clapped for them. They are seriously wonderful. But yeah, I couldn't. I mean, I had such a high fever and my heart rate was going so fast and I didn't have mm-hmm. any water and it was just a bad situation. So uh, then your husband drove you to the emergency department? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I went in and I gave my card to the nurse. And then uh, she started asking me questions about my symptoms and I just fell down onto the floor. Oh. <laughs> and and she talked me through the window down onto the floor. What were you feeling at that point? What do you mean? Like emotionally <laughs> or yeah. like symptoms wise? Emotionally. Emotionally. I was just like, can somebody please help? I don't want to be on the floor of this hospital. If I don't have coronavirus now, I'm definitely gonna by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. I remember you did say that to me when, when I was very concerned. You said it really does feel very much like what I've had in the past. So that was a little bit of a comfort, although still it's concerning because it's your lungs. So yeah. And also for any of you who are thinking like, 
Oh, so she's had bronchitis once, maybe, maybe pneumonia once. Uh, false. I've had, <laughs> I've had bronchitis, pneumonia, a mixture of the two, one or the other, or some kind of weird other thing. Probably at least a few times per year. Thank you, thank you for those precise. Thank you for those precise <laughs> medical terms. You're welcome. <laughs> I've had so many really bad respiratory situations. I mean, genuinely. I think yeah. for the last couple of years of high school, I didn't go to a full week of school out of either of those years. So, Is, uh, and we know that's part of having severe scoliosis too, right? Are you just are you trying to make yourself sound like not a bad mom for letting me <laughs> skip so much school? <laughs> well. Yes, but also it is it is some people don't realize that because of the way the spine kind of Yeah, well my lungs your... Yeah. Yeah, my lungs are are more I guess were probably more impacted than they would have normally been. But I think the main thing with the bronchitis and pneumonia in those years was that I had a brace and so I actually broke right. a few ribs. People don't realize how tight that brace has to be on, but boy, is it tight. So Right, and then if you do get a cold because of the brace, you can't really clear out your lungs and so you tend to get um, lung, you know, you tend to get it in your lungs. So, well, I mean, I wouldn't get a cold because of the brace, but if I get a cold right. in, while in the right. brace, yeah. Yeah. Yes. You didn't catch your cold from the brace. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you just said. If you get a cold because of the brace and it's like, That's what, what I said. That's yeah. What That's said. what I said. <laughs> you have to tell them about that joke. Okay. Well, uh, for any of our listeners who know Muppets Treasure Island, Woo-hoo! our favorite our favorite character is the goat Muppet, whose name is... Clueless Morgan. <laughs> and there's this one scene where all... It's Muppet Treasure Island, and obviously there's a big group of pirates, and all the Muppets are there, and they... Well, hold on, hold on, the... hold on, hold on. If you have not seen Muppets Treasure Island, go, go see watch it. Get, get it on Netflix or wherever. It is definitely worth your time. One of the... Uh, who's the bad guy? What's the bad guy's name? Is it Tim Curry? I have no right idea. Name? I was always I think more it is. interested in the Muppets. And he does a great job. And especially in that particular song where he's like, this is my only, only number. number. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Great. Anyway, they're singing about what it's like to be a pirate, what it's like to have a pirate's life. And at one point it's talking about um, <clears throat> how a pirate's life is full of conviviality. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Clueless Morgan goes to sing his line, which is about conviviality. And he says, it's full of congeniality. And another <laughs> Muppet comes up and says, it's conviviality, stupid. And Clues Morgan says, that's what I said. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> and he totally didn't say that. But anyway, we yeah. it just tickles it's our It's a dumb bone. joke, but it you tickles may our not find it. You may not find it as, as humorous, but please, do go, please yeah. do go look at the clip. It's great. <laughs> Anyway, so they got the test back, they discharged you, and now we're just kind of monitoring, hopefully you're on the mend, or what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I've had a couple of complications of whatever this is. I've come down with a couple other uh, things now that I'm having to get treated for, because it's just, you know, once your immune system gets knocked down, a couple other things can go wrong. So I'm just getting, I'm on a couple different things, antibiotics, and just getting rid of that, because I think it's like a chest infection or something like that. And so anyway, so I'm I'm on the mend slowly, but I'm still super congested, as you can hear, and I've got a bad cough. And you said kind of feeling that exhaustion feeling that you get when you definitely, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. We've I'm also... so glad you can. I'm so glad you can record tonight, though. And I know. Well, I it's love morning there for you, right? 
It's well, it's uh, almost midday. Okay. It's eleven fifty-five a.m. to be exact. And you just rolled out of bed then at midday. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh my word! I was actually up until like three a.m. last night. I couldn't fall asleep because of everything going on, but. But kind of odd traveling back because um, you were one of the last flights out of Philadelphia, I know, and that your flight was completely empty. True. I was one of two flights out of Philadelphia International Airport that day, yeah. We were just amazed that you actually got out. I know. And then while I was in the air between Philadelphia and San Francisco, uh, which is where I was going to take my international flight to Melbourne from, uh, the pilot announces on the loudspeaker, you know, like when he normally says, we're about to experience some turbulence. Instead, mm-hmm. he came on with, your life is about to get turbulent, with wow. <laughs> with California is about to go in. We were two hours away from the place, and he said, we've just received word from the tower that California is about to go into a lockdown state where all travel is going to be banned, which means that at the end of today, if you're like going to San Francisco or if you're going to California for vacation or anything like that, you're going to have to shelter in place. And if that doesn't sound like a good vacation to you, your last chance to get out (laughs) is going to be today. And there's actually only one flight leaving today and it's us. So your only option is either to go to California and stay in your house for however long this lasts or your hotel or wherever you're going, or you can hop right back on this exact same aircraft and we're going back to Philadelphia at the end of today. Oh, I wonder if anyone had to do that. I know. I felt so bad. I'm sure some people did. But at the same time, come on, who's going... Who's going state to state for vacation at that point? I mean, the reason I chose to leave was because we all had the foresight to know that things were about to get a lot worse and this was my last chance to get out. And so I was going to go for it. This was actually when you were scheduled to leave before all of this started. So it it was quite a miracle that the, the plane that we picked, the flight that we picked way back before we knew any of this was happening was the one out of two planes that left. Um, Philadelphia, and then also one of the last flights to Australia. Is that right? Or was there those? Well, you didn't let me finish my story. Oh, Uh, sorry. Anyway, so I get to, yeah. (laughs) So I get to San Francisco. I go through the customs and everything. And when Philadelphia, while Philadelphia was a ghost town, San Francisco International was actually quite packed. So it was all chalkers with Aussies trying to get home on this last flight. Wait, Uh, you just said a a phrase that not everybody is going to know what you meant. Aussies? No, chalkers with Aussies, you said. Oh, full of Australians trying to get home. Just chock-a-block. Really full. Uh, The customs line was packed. It was like a huge traffic jam. We were all trying to get home uh, on this last flight because since San Francisco was about to go into lockdown that night, this was the last flight out uh, to our country. Uh, And then my flight left on time. It truly is a miracle that both my flights left on time and neither of them were canceled. And so we got home and when we got back to melbourne we realized that just two hours after we left uh all international flights between australia and the usa were uh canceled indefinitely so there was a ban put on international travel between those two so i was on the last flight out of philadelphia and then the last flight to australia out of uh, california so it was really really hard for me to say goodbye to you too with all of this happening because i kind of knew you know i don't know how long this is going to be but Ugh, I knew you yeah. needed to get back to your husband, but I kind of wanted to keep you in my pocket. <laughs> Speaking of which, how has your quarantine been going? Mine's been going quite quite well. We've, well besides, for those who don't know, just like most of our listeners, we have each been uh, in our homes uh, isolating with our husbands. I'm on day 11 or 12 at this point. I think day 12. 
Right. You found out before you left here that you were going to be required because of traveling internationally, or was it just because of traveling from our country? No, internationally. Okay. That you were going to be on a mandatory 14-day self-quarantine where you actually can't leave your house. Is that right? Yeah, legally, I wasn't legally. I'm not allowed to leave my house until Wednesday, so it's Monday today, <laughs> and I got here not last Wednesday, but the Wednesday prior. And they were actually, uh, didn't you tell me that they were encouraging Australians to turn people in if they saw people who had traveled internationally? Yeah, they were relying house? on like, yeah, they were relying on like a Lord of the Flies dynamic. They're saying if you know that you're, I think the exact words from our government were. If you know you might spend a Bali and you're you're seeing him sit next to you at work uh, the next day, report him and we'll take it from there. So, oh, that was really good. <laughs> <it's> kinda, <laughs> thank you. So it's if you know he's traveled internationally, report him. If if he's within, you know, if he's outside of his house, then in the next couple of weeks, which is just so harsh. And I think America has instated a law that people can't lose their jobs anymore about from Corona, but Australia does not have that law. So there are a wow. lot of people who are jobless right now lining up to get uh, unemployment benefits and things like that. But I don't think that our country has the, there's there's a lot of talk right now about not having enough funds to support all of those people on uh, well, we have so. We have a lot of unemployment because companies are closing. So we have also massive unemployment, but um, yeah, they did give you protection if you're sick you know, that you can't, uh, I think you don't lose sick days or things like that if you're ill because of the coronavirus or just ill and need to stay home to make sure you don't have it. You can't mm. lose your job that way. But a lot of people have lost their jobs just because companies have had to close because of this. So, yeah, fair enough. But now there was a I, fine was also. There was a fine also for if you turned your mate in over there. What was the fine that you would be? Well, involved? not if you turned them in, but if like if no, I no, were to I know. left within the two weeks, yeah, I would be, would have been fined up to twenty thousand dollars. Wow. It started at thirteen thousand, and then I think people weren't listening, and so then they moved it up to twenty thousand. And I did well, hear of one person getting fined like 30000 but I think oh that that my. was just a one-person case. But now turning in your coworker doesn't sound like a very Australian thing, so I'm surprised they thought that would go. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think it really has been going. Okay. But then at the same time, people are so terrified of this thing. I mean, it's wild. People mm -hmm. really are horrified. Well, the, the problem is that it, it attacks the lungs and it, it hits everybody differently. So it's very unpredictable. It's also very quickly. Um, I guess you can spread it and you don't even know you're spreading it. So you don't have to have symptoms, but you can. Um, I guess be... my point, my point is that it's not like that movie Outbreak <laughs> that we watched uh, with <laughs> we Kevin Spacey. Never watched. And who Why else? did we watch that? <laughs> it wasn't Kevin Spacey, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was Dustin Hoffman. And Kevin Spacey. And really? also... Yeah, and who else was it? Uh, that guy from uh, the Tom Cruise movie, <laughs> Show Me the Money. That guy. What was his name? Um, help me. Help you. Help you. <laughs> I don't remember. I know I should know it. Well, that guy was in it. Our listeners the, know. The, the football guy. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I can't believe I forget his name. Anyways, <laughs> Rod Stewart, I think, was his name in the movie. <laughs> no, no. Rod Stewart is a rock singer. Oh, my word. All right, I'm looking it up. Okay, look it up. Um, what's that movie called? What's that? Oh. Um, you had me at hello. What's yeah. it called? <laughs> <laughs> We're so bad at this. Um, 
What is that movie called? Uh, yeah, Rod Stewart, football player. It's not Rod Stewart. You're going to get an hello. 80s rock. You're going to get an 80s rock band image coming up. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Okay. That's right. You got the Jerry right title. Good. Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Maguire, football player. Here we go. It's Cuba Gooding is his name. There we go. Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. Uh, and what was his name? What was his character's name? Rod Tidwell was his oh, name. Oh, there you go. Rod Tidwell. <laughs> Not Rod Stewart. Yes, that's it. Rod okay, good Tidwell. Job. So now that we've cleared that up, um, tell me how <laughs> tell me how you feel. Oh, I was going to, you actually asked me a question and then you started talking again. You asked me something. You asked me how my quarantine has been going. Do you still care about that? Or do you- yeah, I do. No, tell me about the chips. I love hearing that story. <laughs> well, now, now people are going to know you've already heard it, you nut. Oh, as if people ever think that there's anything that goes on in your life that I don't already know about before they do. Okay, well, she's talking about a story that I already told her about when we first started the quarantine. Um, and I accidentally, I looked at the cupboard and there were three <laughs> bags of chips and my she, husband, and she and Nate Winters are both working from home at yes, the moment. Yes. Just like my husband and I. Which is uh, definitely something. And so I looked at the cupboard. There were three bags of chips and two of them were unopened. So I thought, eh, he, you know, Nate likes us to use up whatever's open. So I, I went to the opened chips and I ate them all. And they turned out to be <laughs> dad's special chips. And so he, he was not, I didn't know they were special. But anyway. In contrast. Do you know, I opened up the fridge this morning and found three open loaves of bread. And who, did, who did that? Aaron. <laughs> oh, poor Aaron. Aaron and my dad are very, very similar. What do you call but, that in Australia when, you, when you're just sort of grazing around looking for food? Uh, grazing around looking for food. No, it's like uh, your nose. <laughs> Has something to do with your nose. What, sticky beak? Yes, yes, that's it. So he had a sticky beak. That doesn't have anything to do with food. He had a sticky beak for bread. That day, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Sticky Beak is uh, like investigating business that isn't yours. Oh. Like having a Sticky Beak means like you're a kind of a gossip slash oh. you're always looking into stuff and getting the scoop. Yeah. I see. Anyway, so with dad, the, um, the thing I've realized, I, it just sort of dawned on me today Dad is a very self-sufficient man. And so when you're in... That just dawned on you today? Well, uh, uh, more so now than ever, because when you're in quarantine... Dad, hold on. Dad, uh, let me... Hold on. Yeah. Dad is not just kind of self-sufficient. He had <laughs> 88 rolls of toilet paper before this thing even started. So like, that's not... He didn't go hoard toilet paper. He had that just hey, in his basement hey, normally. Hey. That quiet. Also, I don't, I don't want to break in over here. <laughs> also, for <laughs> also forget bonfires or like gas burners or anything that could keep you warm during the apocalypse. This man has got about a hundred Yankee candles in his basement. Yes, he does. We are yeah. well. We will be the place to go if you need some well-scented lighting um, during this <laughs> thing. But we kind also have sufficient. He also has like a hundred water filters. He's got everything. He's sleeping bags. What I mean, not just that kind of self-sufficient. I mean, like emotionally self-sufficient. Like I realized, oh, I, see. I realized that I am, I'm not as much like, that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of need to have a place to, to sort of process things out, to figure out how I feel about things. And dad is already has a plan. He's very disciplined. You know, he's, 
he's up at the crack of dawn doing his same stuff and and very disciplined. And I'm still sort of reeling from 100 uh-huh. percent working, having my job in my home, and reeling from you being here and then being there and then uh-huh. maybe and maybe not being able to. I don't like the feeling of not being able to get on a plane. I know that it's silly, but just the idea that now I can't no, yeah. get on a plane totally. to get to you. And the idea of a boat is ridiculous. And so, you know, yeah. and so like even talking with dad about like, well, what will we do if we lose communication? And, you know, he's like, that we're not even thinking about that. So I just look at him and say like, how are you doing this? Like how you, you look are- at him and you say, can you maybe get some more chips? Because <laughs> I look at him and say, why isn't there enough ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> I, I need something anyway. So, or, or I'll look at him totally. and say like, when is this, what's happening? Can you please solve this? Like there, it's just an interesting scenario. But anyway, what I yeah, realized totally. was right before we got recording, I'm, I'm looking up getting a pet because I think <laughs> I need someone, <laughs> I need someone to need me in this situation. You know what I'm saying? Like I realized that a yeah, pet. Totally. Plus, if you, I'm what you be, need is somebody to know whether or not you come home at the end of the day every day. <laughs> just yeah, you know, I miss my my sweet Weimaraner dog Obi Joyful, who used to stare at me twenty four seven, and just Aww. walk with me and be with me all the time. I I actually he truly he showed us all a new level of love. True. He was the most loving so creature. True walk this earth and i found out that rescues are having a tough time um so i am looking into are they yeah because Just in general why well this whole thing has shut everybody down and so um there's a bunch of dogs in need so i'm looking into since i'm going to be home i'm going to be in my home for a while um i'd like to get a rescue dog so i'm trying to convince dad wow yeah but um how do you how do you think how do you think that convincing is going so far? Here, here, let's let me do let me do my impression of what Dad would have said. Okay. Hey, this is you. Hey, Nate. Yeah. I'm thinking about getting a rescue dog. No. No. That's what I think is going on. Yeah. No, actually, no. he's been very responsive because he knows that if I have a dog to talk to, I, I will not have to talk to him 24-7. You know, all our all our work breaks are together. You know, we come down here in the kitchen and it's like, hi. Wow. Wow. He is the good quarantine partner. I am not. I am the bad quarantine partner. I had such a bad day yesterday that I just completely, I know I completely just was not, I I needed an attitude adjustment. So today I took an attitude adjustment and I went running and I I put some pictures on Facebook. You went running? I did. I went running. Is that allowed? Yeah, we're allowed to run here. One thing that I have found that's super helpful is if I do get outside for at least, you know, a half hour every day, especially in the morning, that has a super helpful impact to me. So I'm trying to just follow dad's lead, be up early, doing my devotions, doing my getting outside exercising, because if if you don't do that, it, it's, it, there is something, it, it is tough. And again, we are so grateful to have a home and to be able to keep working. Although I think some of it, it can be underestimated the, the way it feels when your life has to keep going during something like this. I mean, almost even going faster or more complicated than it did before. Not that that compares in any way to what the people on the front lines are dealing with or people who I are be honest with you. I zoned out a while ago. Oh, stop. <laughs> You need to listen to me more. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was thinking about about 
my daily routine, which is to get my yoga mat and go outside and into my backyard and just lay in the sun for half an hour. Oh, really? Is it sunny there now? Yeah. We have not. Yeah, it is still sunny. Well, we're in, we're in uh, autumn, like early to mid autumn. So it's still, it's still pretty warm here. Well, here it has just been like one of those thick layers of haze over another layer of haze over another layer of dark and then just rainy Ugh. and cold. So it has been, Ugh. it's been oppressive. No wonder people are getting sick over there. Oppressive weather. Well, it's it's just in my area. I don't know if that's everywhere. But when the sun did break through, it felt completely different. It was so nice to be able to get out there. And all the kids are making sidewalk chalk and um, sidewalk messages to each other. And to, oh, cute. I know. And do you know someone left us a sign outside our door that said, you are loved? <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm laughing because you sent me a photo of that, and oh. I'm wondering how close those people got to your house in order to leave that sign. They, they didn't get very close. They just got close enough. Well, it's like it's not like in your front yard. It's like in your walkway, yeah. like right off the front stoop. Yeah. It was a very sweet sign, though, for sure. Anyway, what else? Oh, let's talk about quickly. Now, we're already way over time, but let's talk quickly about um, our... Okay, nobody has anything to do let's, th- these Let's days. talk quickly about um, the person we're going to be interviewing. Oh, my word. We are very excited about this. We are going to be interviewing uh, Dr. Robert Roten who was our teacher at our trauma competency seminar, trauma competency conference in Michigan, Grand Rapids, Michigan, the one we went to together. And we are so excited. He has uh, a terminal degree in psychology. He works uh, primarily with families, working with people with trauma, any kind of complex trauma from what I understand, although I could be wrong about that. But we will be asking him more about that in either our next episode or the episode after next, because I think we're going to be interviewing him on the 12th. Right. We had, we had to reschedule because of your hospital thing. Yeah. We were originally going to do it on the day that I ended up in the ER. So, but we are really excited. And if you have questions, he's a trauma specialist. If you have questions for him, um, please send those ahead of time. So you can message us through our Facebook page at not ideal podcast, or you could, or through our Instagram or Twitter, which are all at not ideal podcast. Yes. And you will remain anonymous. We won't say who you are. So just feel free to send those to any of our free pages. And we'll try to ask him some of those questions on the air. And we are just so excited to be interviewing him. And he is a fun guy. So that will be uh, in an upcoming episode. Absolutely. But until then. Until then, we're trying to squeeze in an interview with Matthias or with Brad Leone. (laughs) Um, We could pencil either of you in. Uh Uh-huh. So true. Yes. I just emailed Matthias. I said, listen, this is the time to really encourage people uh let us know when we can schedule when we can pencil you in for that so haven't heard back yeah, from him matthias matthias is a finicky superstar <laughs> <laughs> he's like the superstar equivalent of uh what was that old gaming system that joe and i used to play super mario on where the controllers were like boxes and every time you put it in, every other time you put in a game, what was that? Like the Nintendo 64, like the original, yeah. one of the original. You had to, blow, you had to blow on the cartridge. You had to blow really it. Hard. And like, then sometimes that didn't work because you would actually get spit in it. So then you had to like <laughs> wash it out with the tissue and then put it in, turn it on, turn it off. That's like Matthias, only in Superstar 4. I got that from my nephew and, and we used that. That was your introduction to video games because you were homeschooled. So we used that as a home. That was so much. We used fun. that as a homeschool break, and you guys loved it. The boxing game, I particularly remember. Ah, uh, Street Fighter. Yes. What's that music? Yeah. How's that music go? Let's hear it. Oh, I don't. I I have it in my brain, Bing. but it's not. Yes, yeah. I can still. I can still see him with his blonde hair yes, walking across the yes, screen. Yes. Yeah. 
anyways, yeah, that's like Matthias. Very rewarding if you can get through, but if you can't, which is most of the time. Right. When the one time we got through, just frustrating. We, we've gotten through. We just haven't gotten a response. We've only gotten that one word response to date. Now, Brad Leone, uh. Brad Leone on the other hand, has, has interacted, but hasn't committed. He's more responsive to you. He's been engaging you a little bit and he might be you know, especially if this goes on for much longer, he might be willing to come on the program and talk to us because can I tell you something? Especially if coronavirus wears him down can I tell you something? a little more. I, I have uh-huh. um, seen other people explaining how his videos are comforting. So I'm really hoping oh, really? he doesn't let someone else talk about that because we started talking about that. For sure. Brad Leone, well, we'll see. Brad Leone videos are comforting TM. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, trademark guys come on if you care tell us that you care specifically matthias i think brad already cares he already said that it was cool what we what we were doing and many of our listeners have discovered both of these people because of our amazing podcast (laughs) we have added at least 0.01 percent of your listener and follower at least 14 more people have been like wow these guys are great All right, we got to go. Exactly. We got to go. We're way over time. We are very much aware that many of you are having a hard time and that we are thinking of you. We're trying to focus on um, keeping things happy and, and funny, but we also know it's a very, very serious time for all of our countries. We love you. We are praying for you. And I am Kim. I'm the mom signing off. And I'm Anna. I'm the daughter. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you guys for joining us today. Stay tuned for more podcasts from Anna and Kim on the new series, Not Ideal, But We're Going With It. Also, check out their new website at www.notideal.net.